What is up, guys, and welcome to the Maximum Potency Podcast. I'm your host, Lissa Scott, health coach, CrossFit coach, and online entrepreneur, and I'm here to talk about health, fitness, grabbing life by the horns, and doing everything we can to live at maximum potency. Through a combination of solo cast and interviews, you will be hearing from health professionals, entrepreneurs, athletes, artists, and people who are taking life and running with it. Oftentimes, you'll hear me tell pieces of my story or interview those who have ditched the traditional 9-to-5 setup in pursuit of something that feels a little bit better for them. So if you are interested in creating a life you love, feeling better in your body, developing habit and mindset practices, doing a little bit more adventuring and traveling, you're in the right place. If you are someone who is hungry for growth, pursuing greatness, and ultimately hope to have a life that is a true expression of the real you, you're in good company. Welcome and thank you for being here. I am so happy and could not be more stoked that you found your way to this podcast. to another episode of the Maximum Potency podcast. I believe this is number 55, which is kind of mind-blowing that it's been over a year of episodes. Super stoked to be here today with my pal Matt G of Move With Matt. He's got his own podcast called The Move With Matt Show, and he is a holistic health practitioner. Matt, thank you so much for jumping on today. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to sit down and chat and shoot the shit and just have a good time. So let's do it. I love it so much. So Matt, you pronounce your last name. I'm not going to attempt it. Starts with the G. <laughs> We're calling you Matty G today. What is your last name? It is Grabowski. Grabowski. It's not yeah, that. It's just people who would just say Grabowski. And there are other people with that last name and no one that I know of has the same last name as me. So well. I know a Grabowski, and so that's yeah. so funny that you say that. Um, one of my one of my college boyfriends. So funny to think back to it. But anyway, long story short, you found your way into the coaching space, and I know that you did some check stuff with Mister Zavi D. Mm-hmm. Now he's you know semi formally referred to on the show is he's always Mr. Zavi D whenever I talk about him on the podcast, which is kind of funny to me. But anyway, Zavi introduced me to your page and that is how I connected with Matt guys, just for a little bit of context. And he's doing super functional primal fitness stuff all the time. And I just think it's super, super cool. But tell me a little bit about the journey and don't be shy to really like give some detail here. Um, how did you find your way into the coaching space? Alrighty. Well, you know, uh, I believe it started just kind of 
you know, from a young age, I was always interested in sciences and biology. And I thrived with that kind of stuff, um, interacting with people, getting to know other people, new experiences, always being fascinated with nature and biology and diversity and all that cool stuff. So <clears throat> I played hockey from a really young age uh, at a pretty high level. That's awesome. And yeah, and that was basically my sports as a young kid. I played golf a lot. I played tennis. I played soccer, baseball, but hockey was what my dad played as a kid. And my dad coached my older brother and I, and my brother who was very good as well. So that was the sport. And then, so I kind of, you know, it wasn't like I had anything crazy happen in high school. Um, well, actually, sorry, backtrack in middle school. Mm -hmm. This is where it all started. Uh, I was snowboarding, uh, two days before I was going to have this crazy eighth grade New Year's Eve party. It's like the first one ever. Are we going to have alcohol? Who knows? It's going to be a banger. Oh my gosh. I know, right? Hold on. Two days before I'm skiing with my cousin and on the very first run, I was snowboarding rather, on the very first run, I'm going like 20, 25 miles per hour through some trees. Sketchy little area. Kinda my board intense. slipped out. I know, very intense. And I hit a tree with my right leg first and thought I had a Charlie horse. So I'm laying on the ground. I'm like, okay, man, that wasn't that bad. My leg kind of hurts a little bit. Prop myself up from sitting on my back and my right leg, my right femur bent in half. And I was oh like, whoa, that is not a joint where that's supposed to be. Um, Holy moly. Yeah, I know. Long story short, I head to the hospital. My dad is there working um, as he's a surgeon at the Somerset Hospital in, uh, outside of uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. And he, I'm like, oh shit! I'm like, am I gonna be able to make it to my New Year's Eve party? He's like, I don't, I don't think so. Oh man! Oh, no, my life is over. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I had a compound fracture in my femur. Got surgery the next day. I got an intramedullary rod from my hip bone through the whole length of my femur. Still there today with a few pins in my knee, and. I was on a wheelchair for a couple months. I was on crutches for even more than that. And after it, um, right, so I'm this active guy. I'm still going, watching my team play ice hockey. And I, I'm not giving up, right? So went to a little bit of a rehab, probably not enough than I should have been. Um, and my dad enrolled my brother and I in this very high-end sports performance gym called Umberger Performance outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, I was surrounded by many really good hockey, baseball, and football players, even some professional uh, people. And that's really where my journey of physiology, biomechanics, strength and conditioning really started. I had a really good experience there with kind of mentors um, that were other athletes and coaches there that I, looking back now, that's what really started my enthusiasm for optimizing the mind, the body, uh, and later known the spirit. Um, yeah. And then, you know, in high school, I played hockey a lot. I didn't necessarily work out a ton. It was more like dry land kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, again, I was still very into biology, physiology, science, and that sort of things, but it was my senior year of high school. We got a rugby team, never had one before. No one, Ooh, none of us had ever played rugby and, my uncle played, so I knew it. I knew it. I've watched it before, and I was competing with um, some very high-end athletes that were football players. 
And I was like, okay, what am, what am I going to do? So I ended up going to morning workouts. I was the only senior there because it was after football season. So all the mm-hmm. senior football players were like, screw this. I'm never coming back. I was right. the only senior there showing up before school. And I just put in the work and that really started my journey of exploring what my body's possible, what my mind is willing to go through, what to suffer through to get that long-term result. And yeah, I've been doing it since. I went to school um, at uh, Penn State University for a degree in kinesiology and a focus in the movement sciences. I bounced around there a lot uh, as far as wanting to go into academia, study biomechanics, um, be a professor, or if I wanted to go to chiropractic school. Mm, Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I really had a great time there as far as education goes. Obviously, the social life was incredible and I met some awesome people there, but you won a very significant part of my life. And I think that shaped me and really put me into this realm of coaching was I had the opportunity to TA my own bio uh, physiology class or rather physiology lab. So I was the sole teacher with like 15 to 20 students. And it was my class. I got to, we had a, a framework that we had to teach in and certain labs we had to teach, but I got to do whatever I want. I could play music. I could run it. I made my own PowerPoints. And, you know, the freedom as well as like the pressure, like I was so nervous the first time I had to cut open a frog in front of people, like my hands were shaking. Like it was one of the scariest things I've ever done. And, um, yeah, it was just an awesome experience. I did that for, hmm, probably did that for, it would be three years, probably 12 or 14 classes. Mm -hmm. And I got to meet a lot of new people. I got to teach in different ways, explore, um, you know, my own limiting beliefs around not being perfect and realizing that, you know, something is better than nothing. And also just, you know, realizing that I had a true potential for teaching people because I, when I would get feedback from, you know, these students, they'd be like, Matt was the best teacher and he was amazing. And it was, it literally made my heart and or made my day rather. And it was so nice because at the end of semester, and I would see a lot of these people and I'm still friends with some of them. I would see them on campus. Um, I'd see them out at bars and yeah, it was a great experience. Um, so that's kind of my background in coaching and then to move a little bit closer to the present so that I graduated in 2018 from Penn state. Uh, right when I graduated, I was accepted and going to go to life university chiropractic school to get my uh, doctor in chiropractic it's outside of Atlanta in Marietta, mm-hmm. Georgia. I okay. moved down there for a little bit. And after kind of contemplating, like being down there, I'm like, okay, this is what my work week scheduling classes. And I was like, man, like, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent down for this. Like mm-hmm. I like it. I'm all for chiropractic. I work from amazing people and I did an externship uh, that year, my last year in college, that was incredible with like one of the smartest guys I've ever known. But it just wasn't what I wanted to do. And I think my biggest uh, block was like the healthcare model of getting people who aren't really spending their money on me, right? They're spending like insurance's money, which I think doesn't. And my experience was it doesn't necessarily lead to like clients that are long-term and like devoted to healing their body in their mind. Oh, it doesn't at all, right? It's not a a linear pathway for that. Yeah. So so I decided, hey, I'm going to take a quarter off. Like I never actually started it, but I was going to 
you know, wait another quarter to start. I got a job as a personal trainer. I had a really cool boss and I found the Czech Institute. I think it was just listening to podcasts with like the Mind Pump Media guys, or maybe even I think it was Aubrey Marcus. Mm. And they talked about this guy, Paul Czech, and how he's like the godfather. I'm like, okay, I need to look into this guy. Yeah. He's like, <clears throat> excuse me. He's like 50, 55 years old, ripped, shredded, so spiritually sound. And I just loved what he was doing. And they were launching this thing called the Czech Academy, which was a four-year online and in-person certification program that focuses on holistic lifestyle coaching, but also the integrated movement sciences, essentially a blend of uh, nutrition, physical therapy, exercise program, design, coaching, um, and then you know, also educating you in the realms of hydration, sleep, circadian rhythms, all the cool stuff to just truly make someone the best holistic health practitioner you can be. And I was so down for that. So I'm in year three now. I am absolutely loving it. I currently work outside of Charleston, South Carolina, in a town called Mount Pleasant, um, as a holistic holistic health practitioner at a sports sports and performance gym. Uh, and I also do online coaching. So that's where I'm at. That's my I journey. I love this so much. <laughs> so online, it, most of your clients are staying in person, right? And then mm -hmm. online, what are your online offerings? Like what are you specifically doing with people remotely versus in person? Yeah, so uh, I'm, I don't have a huge, I'm kind of going through a transformation phase. So hear me yeah, out. Yeah, let's hear about it. Yeah, so I moved with Matt. And every, a, a lot of my old kind of posts, let's say in the past year or so, um, more so on the earlier side of that, were very movement focused. And I like that. I would put out videos of me doing these cool movements. And I thought where my strengths were, um, they still are, still are, were not only showing cool movements, but explaining how you can put these into action. And I would do a little voiceover and explain, hey, this is this uh, extended wood chop, um, this it, stabilizes the core. It's going to strengthen your spine. It's going to get the, integrate the lower body with the upper body, do it this many reps, put it at the beginning of your workout because of this. Um, mm -hmm. so giving a very holistic approach towards, um, this crazy social media thing, um, rather than just, Hey, do a hundred squats and let's do this, 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 and it's going to get your butt bigger. But why is it going to get my butt bigger? Is <laughs> what, I, what I was seeking to help people with. The um, science behind build the booty, ladies and gentlemen, Matt. Yes, yes. <laughs> Check it out. Um, so I went down the route of doing online coaching and I found that most people were looking for me to be an exercise coach. And after sitting and getting quiet with my emotions, my thoughts around that and experiencing that with one or two people, I realized that the hypothetical, pragmatic, perfectionist in me was not aligned with that because um, as a Czech practitioner, I am a stickler on form. Um, I like to teach people how to breathe appropriately. I like to teach you how to teach people have great posture while they're doing these complex movements and not to mm -hmm. sacrifice form for more reps and a higher intensity. And I, I just realized I couldn't do that online. Um, maybe some people have found the right blend, but it just wasn't right for me. So I've recently kind of transitioned to doing not only exercise coaching, but more stuff around, uh, the mind, body, and the spirit as it relates to, you know, how we integrate not only our workouts, but our diet, 
our sleep, our circadian rhythm, um, our thought patterns, our mindset around limiting beliefs and trauma in the past and how this crazy thing in our brain, you know, convinces us not to do things that are good for us and to self-sabotage and just working through, you know, getting people to understand where they're at and how we can move forward through a, a comprehensive, comprehensive set of assessments and you know, self-reflection and awareness of where we want to go, how we're going to get there. And yeah, just going through the process of getting down and dirty of you know, why people struggle so much. So interesting. So for you personally, I'm sure that you had a journey uh, as you were studying all of this, as you are studying all of this. What are some of the biggest mindset shifts that you've had personally um, and or some of the biggest shifts that you see clients have, like what is the trend of where your head is at versus where it's at or where it was versus where it's at? And maybe it's a common thread. You know, I see a lot of people move from, I think I can to, oh, I definitely can. Or maybe for you, it's something different, but just to give an example, lay it yeah. on me. <clears throat> well, I think one of the biggest like mind-blowing moments for me, maybe not mind-blowing, but the biggest factor over the past year was getting clear on my vision and like my dream for my life. What, this, what is this North Star that I'm trying to get to? Because if, I, if you're not clear on that, and I've seen this with my clients, if you're not clear on that, the percentage, the chance that you're going to hit that, that end route, that end goal rather, is zero. If you have no idea what it is, the chances you're going to get there is absolutely zero. Right. And my, my goal and what I do with myself and with my clients is let's set up a plan to give us the best possible chance, right? The highest percentage of getting to that end goal. And, you know, it's, it's what another thing that I realized is it's really about sacrifice. How much are you truly willing to sacrifice and change in your life? How much bullshit are you willing to get past? How much, you know, nights with friends are you willing to, um, like late nights watching Netflix or going out to the bars? How much of that are you willing to sacrifice to get to this end goal? And it's making compromises around that because that's really what life is. We, we all know what we should eat. We all know that we should be exercising, you know, four to five times a week, doing cardio, doing resistance training. We know that we probably shouldn't be binge eating and we should be getting good sleep, but why don't we? And I think you got to have a reason for that, a reason to make that sacrifice, you know, and you got to be clear on it. So that would be like one of the biggest mindset shifts that I had is just getting crystal clear on that and reflecting on it, constantly changing it, just little tweaks. And um, yeah, just surrendering to that plan. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, I feel like that's like the first rung, right? Is like, I have to get myself in the headspace in order to be consistent with this long enough to see me chipping away at my goal or see mm -hmm. me closing the gap between where I am or and where I want to be. Um, and then I feel like there's a, a tier after that or a level of depth that happens after that is once you're the type of person who's consistently working out and eating well, which I feel like a lot of the people who have been doing it for a while are, right? They've been doing CrossFit or they've been doing functional movement or they've been doing their sport for three to five years. It's like along the way, the next tier of commitment or the next tier of depth is I have a ruthless commitment to this thing. And not only will I 
not make an excuse to not do what I need to do. I'm actually going to protect it, right? I'm actually not going to let anything come in and intercept mm. me from my, my path. And so it's first like, what path am I on? How do I generally get on it? And then it's like, how do I stay on it? How do I protect it? How do I make sure this doesn't get disrupted? Because this goal of mine is actually so precious to me. So where have you seen people go after they make that transition into that? Have you experienced that as well as to see somebody really delve into their goal on another level, how powerful that is? And what kind of happens when they make that shift from, oh, I think I'm going to do this thing to like, no, I'm fucking doing this thing. Well, awesome point. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, I, I think that it, it's just like working and, and consistently realizing like, like we, at the very beginning, you're never going to be like all so gung ho about it. And you're never going to be like, okay, well, well, let's work on a vision. And you're going to be, oh my God, this is incredible. This is exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm so <laughs> devoted to this, right? It's, it's, it takes time. It takes reflection. It takes awareness and introspection of, Hey, does this, is this truly what I want? Like, I know I did this little worksheet with the mat, um, you know, on that one Wednesday night, and mm. like, like a month later, is this truly what I want? And Shifting. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, Cause it's just, just a little bit. And even if it might not even mean that like you shift your idea of where you want to go, but your mindset around it might shift. Yeah. So, so for instance, like, let's say, um, your goal might be to be the best father, right? Be the best role model, the best father you can be. And okay, so I'm going to be really good to my family. Um, I'm going to make sure I spend time with my family and I'm going to do support them in this way. I'm going to love my wife and, you know, vice versa, whatever rule you want to pick. Um, but then you realize like two weeks later, like, well, shit, like if I'm in pain and my knee hurts and I can't exercise, well, then that screws me up because then I'm not emotionally there. My energy isn't there. Uh, I'm not happy. And then I can't show up for them. So I think you, I think what people end up realizing is you got to have an I goal first. And this is something that I learned uh, from Paul Check in the Czech Institute is there's three types of goals. There's the I goal, the we goal, and the all goal. And I goals are things that are associated with just you, one person, mm -hmm. right? We goals are with two people and all goals are three or more people. And, you know, typically if you have your all goals or your we goals associated or rather prioritized higher up than your eye goals, you're going to be lacking because if you, you can't take care of other people unless you yourself are healthy. Yes. Right. Um, it's, it's, it, it's our innate nature. And I think it's funny because animals do this all the time. I'm a huge, again, like I said, I'm a huge fan of biology and I think we can learn a lot from, you know, learning from these, some of our, you know, I don't know, ancestors, that uh, exhibit similar things. So it's like moms, um, like mom bears or whatever different animal types will sometimes eat their children to survive because they know that, hey, if I die, this, this kid's going to die anyway. So it doesn't matter. I need to be strong so that I can be strong for my offspring. That's crazy. Um, yeah. I know. I know it's a little bit, you know, a little dark, <laughs> a little dark, but, it's okay, though. but it's it just, true. it just goes to show like, or goes to show like you need to be your best self in order to help those around you. And that's something that I try to help my clients with. And I try and focus on the most is you got to take care of your, for yourself first, honey. And if you're not, um, revving on all cylinders, if you're not yeah. maximizing your true mental, physical, 
emotional and spiritual potential. You're not at maximum potency. (laughs) Yes. Right. Right. If you're not at maximum potency, then, then you're not going to be able to serve the people around you and they're going to suffer because of that. Yes. hundred percent. So then walk me through the other one, the Weagle. I love this. Okay. So the Weagle, man, you're really challenging me. I've never talked about this like this. Um, so the Weagle is for two people, right? So like um, you could think of you and Zavi D or me, my girlfriend and I, me and Shannon. Um, and this goes with all relationships. Uh, it just think about right now, like if you're listening to this, think about how different your relationship with your significant other um, or just one person is compared to when there's one extra person there, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you're having a conversation with two people, then versus one person, yeah. and you just gotta you you kind of have to the the dynamics of who you're giving energy to changes because when you're only doing it with one other person, it's a lot easier to figure out okay this is what I want out of the relationship and this is what I need from the relationship and then what do you think like vice versa what do, what do you need and what do you want and how does that align up? Um, yeah, or could it also be like you know, I'm you and you're me and we're having a friendship or a relationship and we have a desire to go do X, Y, Z together. So mm-hmm. how do we move collectively, the two of us, the relationship is a vehicle for growth or a vehicle for adventure or a vehicle for deeper connection or whatever it is. Like sometimes both parties' desires are the same thing too, right? Could be that way. Yeah, exactly. And it's okay, just, God. we venture towards sharing similar values with people. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the, the way that I usually do it with people are I have them write down like their top five goals and you can really easily classify things in the, I, the, we, or the all type mm-hmm. goals. Yeah. Like, uh, for instance, personally, like one of my goals is to ha- make, you know, $80,000 this year. That's an I goal because that mm-hmm. is all about me. But another one of my goals is to like be, help my family grow, um, like together more. And that's an all goal. Right. And if I put yeah. my family before one of my eye goals, well, realistically, like that, that $80,000 a year is more so to be like um, secure. So yeah. to be healthy, to be happy, and to have a sustainable life is realistically like my North Star. And right. if I put my family before that, then I won't be able to help them at my, my true potential. So I need to take care of myself before I take care of them. And that's just something if you have like your goals written down, um, try and classify it. And you know, it, you'll have more awareness around maybe, uh, maybe why like your, your goals are misaligned and maybe why you're not driven to you know, do X, Y, Z because they're out of priority. Yeah. So like even having a hierarchy, right? It creates mm-hmm. that hierarchy for you. If I don't this, then I can't that. Um, I was actually talking with my clients recently about the concept of we have rubber and glass balls in our life and the glass ones, if you drop them, you can't put them back together, but the rubber bounces back. And so Mm. all of this to say, this is a slightly different concept, but um, your health and your family are usually made of glass. Once they're damaged, they're not always repairable. Things like your hobbies, your finances, they can bounce back, right? They can go through highs and lows. So I was asking them to kind of put that metric on things in order to same end result as the I, we, and all goal, have a hierarchy of what needs to come first, what's the most important, and what if the bottom falls out on, is it all going to crumble, right? The wheels fall off. Um, So having different methodologies for allowing people to have a hierarchy to their goals to figure out like, what is the most important thing right now? 
what is the most urgent thing right now is so, so awesome. And I love your take on it is you're saying, if I don't fill my cup, I can't pour out, but it's also like, you know, health was for one of us or for both of us, one of the things that has to come first, right? Because like, if you're not in good health, you can't get very far. And so that is super cool to see it manifest in a different way, but this, the same way. And I think when we have hierarchy to our goals, we have an understanding of what needs to come first, second, third, we then have more momentum to push forward. And also we get to push forward with more um, sustainability, right? We can push forward longer. We can achieve our goals longer, better, faster, not faster, um, maybe faster. I don't know. That one's more efficiently, like, right? More efficiently. Yeah, exactly. Not necessarily quickly, but just like in the, in the best way possible. I, and I just love what you just said so much because it's a totally different take on kind of getting them to arrive at the same point. But once you have that hierarchy, it just provides so much clarity, which I think is what you were saying too, is when you have that, you're like, oh, I know what I need to do instead of like, wait, there's seven things, then they all need me. Yeah. And it's also really good filter because when you, um, when you have these hard choices in life and even like simple choices, but, uh, like the harder ones, like, do you want to take this job or are you going to make this move? Um, are you going to make this type of investment? Well, why don't I run it through my part, my, my goals, right. From top Mm -hmm. to bottom, do they align with all these? And if they don't align, am I willing to sacrifice, you know, uh, the environment I'm in, right. The, the, like the climate I'm in, am I willing to sacrifice that for more money? Okay, well, uh, more money will give me more freedom to maybe travel to the climates I want to. Um, yeah, and it's just like prioritizing that kind of stuff and having more awareness of how that works with your inner alignment, I think is just, it's just so important. That goes back to another thing that uh, I would love to talk about if you're open to it is like this four doctor system and that would be classified as doctor happiness and things that are oh, in alignment so with us. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So this, this four doctor model is something that I learned from Paul check and I use with all my clients. And I think it's so, so cool to kind of, you know, switch and put, uh, our lifestyle and what we do in life into these four categories. So, uh, Paul check borrowed this from the ancient, uh, physician Hippocrates, uh, way back then in back in ancient Greece, he would see clients, he would see patients right way back then. And he would either say, okay, you probably, if you're, if you're suffering in life, you're probably messing up in one of these three categories, either happiness, um, are the things you're doing in your life aligned with your core values? Are you stressed out all the time because they aren't aligned with that? And do you have like a dream and a purpose in life? Mm. Uh, the second one would be, um, kind of Dr. Quiet, your rhythm. So is your, are you waking up with the sun? Are you going to bed with the moon? Um, are you having too many stimulants in your day? Are you taking time for introspection and active rest and doing things that fill your cup back up? And then the third was Dr. Diet. So are you nourishing your body um, and your individual metabolism with foods that keep you happy, keep, keep you healthy, keep you energetic, and realistically keep your, uh, your mood stable throughout the day? Um, and then Paul Check added a fourth one, Dr. Movement, into the, into the fold because back then, like people weren't sitting down for long periods of time. Manual labor was something that was built into society. And, you know, people didn't have all these dis- imbalanced functions going on like we do today. So those are the four doctors. And the way that it works is we all have these innate four doctors, 
right? So doctor diet, doctor happy, doctor quiet, doctor movement. They're all in us um, innately and we all have the ability to tune into them and listen to how they communicate with us. And the way they communicate with us is through physical, mental, and emotional symptoms. So let's, let's give an example. Um, when you wake up in the morning and you eat some Pop-Tarts, you have some coffee and I don't know, some other sugary products that people <laughs> like to eat. Uh, that's not in my cabinet. So I don't even know. Um, just trying to like think about, and like some donut holes. Like that's what I ate as a kid. <laughs> I'm um, got it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh my God. This thing. It's like crack. It literally is. Um, so, <laughs> so you eat those, right. And two hours later, you feel like, sh you feel like shit. Um, your energy's low. Uh, maybe you're bloated a little bit. Uh, your stomach doesn't feel great and you're really low on energy and you're at work now. So it's like, Oh shit, what do I reach for? Okay. Well now I have to get some coffee. So you drink some coffee, your blood glucose crashes, you're jittery all throughout the right. Not maybe not jittery. What's uh, like anxiety, right. From yeah. having too much caffeine. Well, then you have to reach for more food because then you hit that crash again. And then you kind of go through that cycle. And I, you know, talk about this story because those symptoms of not having energy of being tired and sluggish and bloated is doctor diet telling us, Hey, what you put into your body, the food, the different macronutrient ratios is not working out for you right now. Correct. And it's very individualized in the process of teaching people how to tune into that. Mm. I think is the most impactful thing you can do because it teaches people to be autonomous and learn how their body is responding um, to the different things around them because no one knows it better than themselves. A hundred percent. And I'm currently, you know, working with clients, working with myself, seeing the work that you do, seeing the work that Zavi does. It's amazing how different we are person to person. Mm -hmm. What affects me negatively might agree with someone or vice versa. Um, and then another interesting thing that I was thinking about is like when we're sleep deprived are like levels with leptin and like like being satiated by food all get thrown out of whack too. So suppose that person you were just describing also slept poorly. It's so crazy. That makes us reach for more food too. It's like almost like you can't trust your own desire sometimes and you have to look beyond desire at other factors like you're saying energy level or like you're saying digestion and things like bloating and things like energy crashes. It's just like so mind blowing how complex and how interrelated it all is. And then also how simple it is, right? Yeah. The solution is like, listen and observe, adjust accordingly. And I just think it's so amazing that you can take something so complex and make it simple for people. Um, I just want to kind of bring this full circle. I absolutely love that you just got to explain all of that. That was amazing. And I was on the edge of my seat, like just <laughs> really just observing. I never heard the concept before. So I think it's super neat. But the idea of being a teacher versus a coach. And so teaching, you have the syllabus and you say, here's my point, A, B, C, D, one, two, three. This is what's on the quiz, right? And then coaching, you're taking some of the lessons that you know, or some of the resources that you know, and you're kind of pulling from them on the spot and you're using them in real time and you're having to pivot based on a person's needs or a person's responses. And so it seems like you've embodied the coach role really, really well versus just that teacher role that you had back at Penn State. But my question is this, do you feel that the best coaches have had teaching experience first? Hmm. Good question. Um, well, I, I guess it just depends on like what kind of, what, what do you mean by teaching? So for example, 
the way that I, I did very well in college and I never struggled to not do well. We'll just put it like that. And I, looking back on it, I realized that the reason I did so well um, was because one of the reasons was because when I showed up to class every single time and I was, I was never on my phone, I was just devoted to that. Yep. But the time that I spent doing that, I never spent doing all nighters. Never. I never studied for long periods of time because the way that I studied where I would teach my friends it and I would just walk them through things that I understood. And Mm -hmm. it made me understand it so much better. And I talk about that because so like, what do you mean by teaching? Because I did have a role as a teacher, um, right? Like I was that TA, but I also was teaching my friends about stuff. Because I think that like for anything in life, whether it's nutrition, whether it's spirituality and whatever you want to talk about, any topic and inf- in, inf- uh, like information, any subject, if you can teach it, you understand it at the deepest level. Because that truly is taking a complex topic, making it simple, and then working through obstacles that you might not have, but the other person has, has in conceptualizing it. Yeah, so this is exactly what I'm saying is like, Teaching is just delivering a set of information, mm-hmm. right? But it's a set. It's not, it doesn't vary. If I'm teaching you, I'm teaching you the same 10 steps or I'm teaching the same five principles versus coaching is I have 15 books up on my shelf and I can pull them down in different orders and teach different pieces of different things. And I think there's more of an art to it. Whereas teaching, you think syllabus, you think there's a set amount or a set piece of information that needs to be delivered. And I think in order to be effective coaches, we also have to have the prerequisite of knowing how to share information Mm. and deliver information. But then the coaching thing takes it a step further because it becomes which information do I deliver? Yeah. And, you know, I just read this book. It's funny that you've talked about this. I wish I had it right next to me. I can show it to you. (laughs) I don't. Um, It's called The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay Stainer, something like that. I'm an Australian guy. Um, And it talks about, I think that being a coach is more about, God, I'm, I'm, I wish I could remember the specific <laughs> details of how he said it. Um, performance coaching versus like, uh, like strategy coaching, I think it was. So he used the example, and I think this is amazing, is there's a fire, right? Mm-hmm. And um, your friend is like trying to put it out. There's two different ways you can go about it. You can tell him exactly what to do to, tur- to, to put out the fire, right? Or you can, and so you're, you're telling him exactly how to put out that fire, or you could tell him how to go about so that that fire doesn't happen again and go about why we need to do these things Mm -hmm. so that the problem doesn't arise again. That's what I think you're getting at is teaching versus coaching, right? Like actually teaching the people how to work through these things themselves so that they don't just rely on you to give them the, the solutions to their problems. And he goes through a bunch of different questions um, about how like coaching is more about listening and getting clear on what they want out of the relationship and what you want out of it. And just getting clear on like what you're here for, what you're struggling with, what is most important to them. And yeah, just looking to the nuances in subjects, not just going at surface level. Yes. So like the teaching would be like, these are macronutrients. This is what a carb, a fat and a protein does for you. Then the coaching would be like, observe how your body feels when you eat munchkins, right? Like it's such a different piece of it. And I think that you've really taken both of those things and just embodied them in in your work and in what you're doing. I think it's so beautiful. So 
shout out to Matt for being not only a teacher, but a coach as well. Um, before we wrap up today, is there any other things that you want to share just about your coaching experience or how you find it fulfilling or anything like that? Like some coaching wins to close out. Hmm. Um, well, it's a hard question. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of you broad. know, like What's one <laughs> no, victory okay. a client has had that you're very excited that you got to be a part of? You know, I'll, I'll share this. Um, something that I greatly, I, that something that I thought of, I was, I was doing kind of like a, it's, it's a book called, so Simon Sinek came up with this book called Start With Why. And it talks yes, about, I this book this year. Yes. right? So it's an amazing book. It talks about how Unfortunately, a lot of companies and people start with what we do, not why we do things and why we do it. The feelings, the emotions is hard to talk about because our brain, our emotional center of our brain doesn't work with language that well, but starting with why, right. Um, means to get better clients in, in the form of coaching, um, and to have people that are more aligned with you. And so I, I got his book, find your why, and it goes through the process of looking at, significant events, good or bad in your history and why they stand out to you and reoccurring themes. And one thing that I, that really stuck out to me was I had a client, um, come to me really good young athlete. And, you know, so we, we had a really good relationship, but one specific time that I really will still remember, honestly, I'll probably remember it forever. Cause I talk about it now and it was significant for my why was he asked me about like going to a party tonight. And he's like, man, like I'm not that big of a drinker and I really want to go because like all my friends are going and like my mom's worried because she thinks I'm drinking and driving, but like, I'm not even going to drink. And like, I just want to get your thoughts on that. And like, what would you do? And I was like in the, in the moment, like I wasn't like all sappy emotional about it, but like afterwards and after reflecting on it, like I realized that that's the stuff that I like doing. Like he felt open enough to me of like, hey, I know you're really smart with like this gym stuff, but I look up to you in your ability to know what your core values are yeah, and process. Life. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. And I'm like, holy crap, like this is what gives me spirit. This is what energizes me to help people make better decisions in their lives and just be a conduit to help them become more aware about things that they um, hold passionate in their lives. And, you know, for him, he was a devoted athlete and he wanted to be good. So he wasn't drinking alcohol. He was just looking for a little bit of guidance from a male role model in his life. And I think that I am really, um, kind of moving a little bit more towards coaching more guys because I think I, um, I'm still working on it, but I definitely, I, I think that I do a good job at, um, working on my masculine potentials and the different archetypes that go along with that being in tune with my king, my warrior, my magician, and my lover. And yeah, so just uh, helping people work through these really tough decisions that kind of pull them in different directions and not giving them the answers, but help asking questions that help them discover their own answers. Hell yes. So when we say move with Matt, we're not just talking about moving around the gym. We're talking mm -hmm. about moving through life. We're talking about making <laughs> moves in alignment with who you are as a human. And you know, that is what this show is all about is showcasing people who are just doing life a little bit different. They're taking life, they're running with it. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. I have one more question for you before we sign off. And all right. that is, if you had a billboard the whole world could see, 
what would it say on it? You can assume the whole world can read English, by the way. <laughs> great, great uh, asterisks on there. <laughs> yeah. um, Everyone can read it. What does it say? Oh, man. Hmm. I mean, like the first thing that comes to mind is like, be happy, do what you love. Mm, because, I love it. Because I feel like a lot of us aren't doing things that make us happy in life. And a lot of us don't even know what makes us happy in life. Like we just go to our jobs nine to five and then we come home and we work out. And why are we even working out? Because I want to be healthy, but is this really making me happy? Do I like doing this? And yeah, like I think just getting silent, sitting, figuring out things that make you happy, that fill your cup up and trying to uh, balance that responsibility with the amount of rewards you give yourself is really important. Yes. Just what sparks joy and then, you know, what's carrying you forward. I love that so much. So listen, if something resonated with someone today and they want to get in touch with you or see what you're up to, Instagram, is that the spot for you? Yeah. Instagram's the spot. My Instagram handle is at move underscore with underscore Matt. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. And you can reach out on there. Um, I have a website that I have a lot of content on too, but I'm most frequent on Instagram more than anything. Um, yeah, you can find me on there. I have a ton of free resources, uh, as far as, uh, free downloadable guides. And if anything resonated, uh, with you guys, you'd be, I'd be happy to have you on a call. We can just chit chat, shoot the shit, get to know each other. And if I can offer any insights or help, um, I'm glad to do it. Love it. Yeah. So if you guys want to continue the conversation with Matt, feel free to reach out. Um, my DMs are always open for you guys as well. And if for some reason you can't find Matt's page, we follow each other. Um, so you can go through and just search my followers, Matt G. He'll pop right up. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for being on the show today, Matt. This is awesome. And guys, we got some really cool guests coming up for the rest of February. So definitely you know, turn your subscription notifications on, make sure you're not missing them because there is some gold coming down the pipeline. So thank you so much, Matt. Yeah, it was awesome talking to you. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll talk to you guys soon.